So why <coughs> the new covenant? It's very clear in the book of Hebrews and chapter 8. Some very important verses. Verse 7. If that first covenant, the old covenant, had been without fault, there would have been no need for a second new covenant. So that teaches us the Holy Spirit himself says, the old covenant was faulty, incomplete, not perfect. Not that God made a mistake. No. It's not like some car model that they discover is faulty and they make a better one rectifying that fault. God never makes a mistake. So what does it mean when it says the old covenant was faulty? It means that it could not accomplish what God wanted to accomplish in man because some God had to do something else before he could do that. And that something else was Jesus Christ coming in our flesh living that life for 33 and a half years and dying and being raised up from the dead and ascending to heaven because that was not yet done. Therefore, in the sense the old covenant was faulty, it could not make man perfect in God's eyes. It could not justify man before God's eyes so that he's, God accepts him as if he's never sinned. That could only be possible after Christ shed his blood. And till Christ had ascended up and gone before heaven, we had no acceptance before God. We could not be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. However holy an Old Testament person was, he could not come before God as freely as the youngest New Covenant believer. Isn't that amazing? John the Baptist, the greatest man born under the Old Covenant. Jesus said, comparing him with the weakest New Covenant believer in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew 11 From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven is preached. Sorry, verse 11, Matthew 11, verse 11. Among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. From the first birth of Adam's child till the birth of Jesus, the last of all the human beings born till, till the birth of Christ, the greatest human being born, not just the greatest prophet, the greatest human being born was John the Baptist. And he was the greatest prophet. But the one who is least, least in the kingdom of heaven, which is a new covenant, can rise higher than him. That's why the new covenant is so important. And that is why the devil has blinded the vast majority of born-again believers from the New Covenant. I'm telling you that after having been a Christian for 60 years, having gone to every type of denomination there is, and read every type of book and article written by evangelical Christians, I never find some clear teaching leading people into the New Covenant. It may be there somewhere. I haven't read it. That's all I'm saying. I haven't read everything. But among the widely published literature, See if you can find something that clearly explains the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. For example, many of you have been Christians for so many years, you've heard so many preachers, 
You've read so many books. You've listened to so many messages on YouTube. Have you heard something that explained clearly the difference between the Old Covenant and New Covenant before you heard it from a CFC message? I'd like to know. If there is, let me know. I'd like to hear it myself. Why is this great truth, the greatest of all truths, being hidden? That the Old Covenant has been abolished. That we are not under the Ten Commandments. That Jesus replaced the Ten Commandments with the Holy Spirit. That we live by the leading of the Spirit now, which leads us as much higher than the law as Jesus is above Moses. John the Baptist couldn't call God Father. No, nobody in the Old Covenant could. Today the weakest, youngest, born-again believer can call God Father. We don't realize what a tremendous privilege it is. If you had gone to any Old Testament prophet and told him, you know, you can call God Father, he'd say, no, impossible. God, my Father? Ridiculous. He's Almighty God. And yet we who keep calling God Father have not realized what a privilege what a tremendous privilege it is. We just take it for granted. You know how children born into luxury take everything for granted? Of course. I can travel in expensive cars and I can have the best food and live comfortably. If you could say that to some person who's living in a slum in India, he'd be excited if he had 1% of what these rich people have. That's how many believers are. We have not understood our privilege. We've lived in the luxury of hearing so much of truth, but we've not understood what a tremendous honor it is just to call God Daddy. I never want to forget it. First time I really called Daddy God Daddy was 60 years ago when I was born again. It became real to me only about 17, 16, 17 years later when I realized when the Holy Spirit from within said, Daddy, wow, he's actually my dad. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm like a little one-year-old holding his hand and say, you can help me cross the street without any problem. I don't care how many cars are going across. I will not dare to walk alone. And I will not be anxious about anything. Because Daddy cares for it. I used to picture it like this. Supposing a poor family, they've been ordered to, evict, been evicted from their house and they're going to be put, I see that sometimes in India, all a person's luggage and everything put outside the house because the court ordered the guy to be evicted from tenant was being evicted and poor person is standing. And supposing somebody was told to vacate his house tomorrow morning and he doesn't have a place to go to. Now if you were to go to your, his two-year-old son sleeping there, and wake him up and say, do you know you've got to vacate this house tomorrow morning? Why are you sleeping like this? Aren't you doing somebody? He said, please don't disturb me. I'm going back to sleep. Go and tell dad about it. That's what a two-year-old is. I say, Lord, I want to be like this. The greatest calamity that's hitting me. Don't tell me about it. Tell my dad. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to be at rest. I want to ask you, do you have that type of life concerning any problem, any situation? If not, let me tell you, you have not known God as your father. Whatever theory you may say, you don't know God as your daddy. I knew him in theory as daddy for 16 years before I knew him actually as daddy. I changed my life. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you are eagerly seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. It's the Holy Spirit who cries out, Daddy. 
You can know in your head, God is your father, God is your father. Brainwash you till you believe, okay, God is my father. It's like training a robot to say something. I believe many Christians are like that. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be trained. You know it. You know it from within. My daddy runs this universe. I don't have a fear. That's one of the primary marks. That's why the devil has hidden these things from so many Christians in the world. Another reason, I'm, I'm not going to give you a point by point because I know, I remember in the years when I used to do this point by point teaching on a subject, people got all the points, but they never got the life. So I, I remember once years ago when I was about 33 years old, I went through a Bible study through Revelation. And everybody understood, they were excited, but they were still defeated by sin all the day. I said, what's the point? And so, I mean, there's a value in uh, <clears throat> doing point by point, but it must lead to life. So the second thing, this is not a complete coverage of everything. But the second thing I want to say is that devil doesn't want people to enter into the new covenant because the second great fact of the new covenant is that the devil was defeated on the cross of Calvary. Our relationship with God has changed. His father, our relationship with the devil has changed. He has no authority over me now. He's been defeated. His power has been taken away. And that's another thing most Christians don't know. So many Christians are scared of the devil. If you get scary dreams, and it's okay as a little kid who doesn't know these truths, but if you get scary dreams, I want to say to you, you don't know God is your father. You don't know the devil's being defeated on the cross. Whatever theory you may say, whatever you may sing in the church, you do not know God is your father. You do not know that the devil was defeated once and for all on the cross. And however much I repeat that to you, brainwash you like a robot, you still will not understand it until the Holy Spirit fills you and God sees you are eager to be filled with the Holy Spirit more than you are to earn money, more than you are to earn anything else in life, then you will understand the devil was defeated and your life will be transformed completely as mine was. Any amount of hearing me doesn't help. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. See, in the old covenant, they did not have the Holy Spirit within they only had the Holy Spirit upon to do ministry, ministry, ministry. They could split the Red Sea and do so many, pull down the walls of Jericho. But they didn't know God is a father. They never confronted the devil. You know, in the entire Old Testament, nobody confronted the devil. They confronted for the Ammonites and the Amorites and the Philistines and the Egyptians and the Syrians and all types of people. But not the devil. Not even one person. The first person who confronted the devil was Jesus Christ. The beginning of Matthew. And ever since then, all the apostles. Nobody could cast out a demon in the old covenant. Not in the name of Jesus Christ. They were scared. God did not allow them to be tempted beyond their ability, so he did not allow the devil to go near them. But in the new covenant, the devil's allowed to confront us. And the Bible says in James 4, 7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I find a lot of believers are fleeing from the devil. They're afraid. What do you do here and what will you do there? I've met even pastors who say, Oh, Brother Zach, the devil did this to me. He knocked me down in bed with jaundice or something like that. I say, where was Jesus all the time? You don't know the Lord. That's a problem. You don't know the new covenant. So this is why God has raised up a testimony to proclaim the new covenant. I hope you're part of that testimony. To proclaim, to deliver people, not just to teach people, Hey, I discovered something in the Bible you haven't. I'm not interested in that. I want to lead people to know 
the reality of the new covenant in their life. Let me turn you to Hebrews in chapter 2. Verse 14. Since the children share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself took part in the same, so that through death he might render powerless, very important word, not destroy. The correct translation is render powerless Satan who had the power of death. Jesus had to die not only for our sins, but to free us from Satan's power because that was the only way Satan's power over us could be taken away. He had the power of death ever since Adam and Eve bowed down to him. The moment Adam and Eve bowed down to Satan, Satan got the power of death over the human race. But Jesus took that away. Satan has no power over death, over, had no power over Jesus' life to kill him. So many people tried to kill him. He said, my hour has not yet come. You can get a mob against Jesus. They couldn't touch him if his hour had not come. Do you believe that's true of you? Do you believe that Satan cannot touch you through an army or through cancer or through anything else because he doesn't have the power of death over me? I believe that with all my heart. No accident, no cancer, no mob, army, nobody, until my hour has come, nobody can touch me because Satan's the power of death has been defeated. It's a wonderful life to live in the new covenant. I'm not surprised the devil has hidden it from so many people. I pray that our eyes will be open in these days to understand it more fully.